0: Please turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 12, beginning at verse 38. Uh, this isn't so much an all-saints sermon. In fact, it's really not an all-saints all, an all saints sermon. Uh, but it's sticking with our sermon series that we're, where we're following the lectionary um, in the gospel of Mark. And the sermon series is called Abundance Over Scarcity. And the idea of the series is that no, match, no matter how, how much or how little we have, in Christ we can approach our lives with a spirit of abundance rather than a spirit of scarcity. It can be really, really easy to assume Um, That we're running low on things, that we're running low on what we have, on what we need. And so when we feel like we're running low on things, we start to get stingy with those things. We get stingy with our time, and we get stingy with our empathy, and with our forgiveness, and with our love, and with our patience. We get very, very stingy with our patience. Uh, This morning, we're talking about uh, abundance over scarcity when it comes to Money, kind of. We're, we're kind of talking about money, and we're kind of not talking about money. And we're, we're actually, we are talking about money, but we're not talking about money. And you'll under, I this makes perfect sense to you, right? How about we read the text? Maybe at the end of this, you'll see what I mean. Mark chapter 12, beginning at verse 38. Listen to God's word. As he taught, Jesus said, watch out for the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour the widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. And Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all of the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. So these last few weeks, we've been. Uh, going through chapters 11 and 12 of Mark. And uh, one of the key aspects to each of the stories that we've read in this series up to this point is that we're, we're looking at Jesus in these confrontations. Pretty much every story we've read up to this point has been a confrontation. And in pretty much every story we've read up to this point, Jesus has been upset. Uh, Jesus is confronting the religious and political powers that be. And he keeps listing these groups of people, the Pharisees and the Herodians and the teachers of the law. He keeps addressing them and and, and, uh, coming up against them and he's laying into them and he's speaking to them with a tone that they were not used to hearing. Nobody spoke to the, the Pharisees and the Herodians and the teachers of the law like this. And suddenly Jesus starts to and nobody really knows how to react because he accuses them, rightfully so, of hypocrisy, and of corruption, and of arrogance, and of embezzling, uh, all kinds of things, and he's getting very, very uh, worked up. So in chapters 11 and 12, we see a lot of what Jesus is against, and we see a lot of the things that make Jesus angry, until our text for this morning Uh, the second half of our text for this morning, when Jesus sits down against a wall at the far end of the temple court, exhausted, and he lifts his eyes up and he sees as a poor widow drops two pieces of almost nothing into the temple treasury. And it made his day. All of that back and forth that he had had with the Pharisees and the Herodians and the teacher of the, of the law, all of that stress just melted us away when he saw this beautiful saint put in those tiny little pennies. And it, 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 it had such an impact on him that he immediately called his disciples, Guys, you have to see what just happened. So Jesus is coming off of this parade of, of these very toxic, corrupt people Uh, um, one after the next, and he's berating them until he sees this old woman and he says, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the other people combined today. I tell you the truth, this poor widow, she gave out of her poverty when everyone else gave out of their wealth. So in our text this morning, Jesus is inviting us to see a comparison On the one hand, you have verse 38, where Jesus says, look at these teachers of the law. Look at these guys. They walk around in their fancy robes. They go into the market and they're glad-handing people. They sit up front in the worship services and they line their pockets with money from the temple treasury. And then, on the other hand, he says, verse 43, he says, look at this poor widow who out of her poverty put into the treasury everything that she has to live on. So that's the contrast. That's the comparison he wants us to see. So if we compare this poor widow to one of the teachers of the law, we will notice a lot of differences, right? One of them has a great deal of prestige. One of them is on top of the world. One of them is on top of the social hierarchy, and the other is very much at the bottom. But the biggest difference, the thing that really gets Jesus' attention, has to do with what these individuals are doing with what they have. So it's not so much about who's giving more, this person or this person, it's much more about what are they doing with what they have? That's the question that we're getting today from Jesus. That's the question from Jesus. Whether you have a little or you have a lot, what are you doing with everything you have? What are you doing with everything you have? Now, I want to be a little bit careful here. This is going to be a quick aside because I I don't want to misrepresent the text and I don't want to misrepresent Jesus, Jesus is not saying, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Because it does. (laughs) I mean, especially if you ask someone who's poor. The Bible has very, very specific things to say to and about rich people. And the Bible has very, very specific things to say to and about poor people. So it's not at all that Jesus is saying, I just look at everybody equally, it doesn't matter if you're rich, it doesn't matter if you're, oh no, 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 it matters very much and, and, and I could, you know, there's a dozen sermons to preach here about what it looks like to be a rich Christian and what it looks like to be a poor Christian. This is an aside, we're not going there today, but I just want to make the point, it's not like it doesn't matter because it does. It does. But the question that Jesus is asking this morning, and asking each one of us this morning, is whether you have a little or you have a lot. The question is, what are you doing with everything you have? So, to the teachers of the law, in verses uh, thirty-eight and 40, uh, thirty-eight to forty, they have education. And they have wealth, and they have influence, and they have opportunities to shape the culture. They they, they have the attention of their community. Jesus' question to them would be, okay, you have those things. What are you doing with everything you have? And then to the rich people in verse 41, they have money, and they have privilege, They have disposable income. They have time. So Jesus' question to them is, what are you doing with everything you have? And then to this poor widow in verse 42, she takes these two copper coins and she puts them into the temple treasury, which, by the way, won't even make a dent, right? Won't even make a dent in the bottom line of the temple expenses. But Jesus sees her do this and he says, ah, I see what you're doing with everything you have. I've told you this story before, but it's just too good. So you're going to get it again. There's a farmer. He comes into the farmhouse one morning. And his face is glowing, and he's very, very excited. And he says to his wife, great news, sweetheart, great news. Our best cow has given birth to two beautiful, healthy calves. And the husband and the wife are very, very excited about this. And they sit down for breakfast together, and they're they're just feeling so overwhelmed by God's goodness to them. And the farmer says, you know what, sweetheart, you know what we should do? We should take one of those calves, and we should dedicate it to the Lord, One of those calves will be the Lord's calf. And then when the time comes and we sell that calf, we'll take the money that we get from that calf and we'll we'll give that money to a kingdom cause. And the wife says, oh, that's a lovely idea. I love that idea. We'll we'll make the one calf the Lord's calf. And the the, the wife says, well, which one is going to be the Lord's calf? And he says, ah, they're identical. It doesn't matter. I'll raise them both the same. The next morning, the farmer comes in for breakfast and he says, bad news. Bad news. The Lord's calf died last night. <laughs> Sorry, it's so horrible. The Lord's calf died last night. Uh, now, the reason I tell this story is because it illustrates just how tricky all of this is, right? Because the farmer, God bless him and his wife, they had such wonderful intentions, right? They, they sat down for breakfast and they worshipped as they ate. They were overwhelmed with God's goodness to them. And they thought, well, what on earth can we do to show that we're just overwhelmed with God's goodness to us? But then the circumstances change. And it's the Lord's calf that dies. How often is it in our lives that it's, the Lord's calf that dies. When we're in a financial pinch, it's the Lord who gets pinched. When we're in a time pinch, it's the Lord's time that gets pinched. When we're in attention pinch, it's the attention to the Lord that gets pinched. Now think about this, me. What was the fundamental flaw to the farmer's thinking. What was the fundamental flaw? I love his good intentions. Let's let's give this as a special offering on top of what we normally give, sweetheart. Let's give this as a special offering. It's so wonderful, right? But the flaw in his thinking was this. It wasn't just the one calf that belonged to the Lord, right? Both of the calves belonged to the Lord. And even more than that, all of their cattle belonged to the Lord. And even more than that, the whole stinking farm (laughs) belonged to the Lord. So Jesus' question is, what are you doing with everything that you have? So this widow... In uh, verse 44, she says, uh, it says about her, it says, She, out of her poverty, put everything, all she had to live on, into the temple treasury. Now, uh, literally, in the, in the Greek text, it doesn't say that she, she gave everything she had to live on. It says that she gave her olonton bion, which is a, a Greek word, bion, you hear the word bios in there. Literally, it means... She gave her entire life. Not everything she had to live on. She gave her entire life. Which suggests that she didn't just give her stuff to God, right? But literally, she gave her entire life to God. This was not, it was her bios that she gave to God. This was not strictly a financial uh, transaction that happened. In fact, the financial transaction was almost nothing, right? But what caught Jesus' attention wasn't the two copper coins, but what went along with the two copper coins. She dropped her whole self into that treasury today, and Jesus said, wow. And this, Alger Park Church, is the main difference between the widow and the other people who were in the temple that day. Everybody else walked up to the temple treasury with their version of a calf, right? That guy had a calf, that guy had a calf, here a calf, there a calf, everywhere a calf, calf. Okay? I can't resist. But the difference is that she walked up with the whole farm, right? Right? She walked up there that day with the whole farm, her whole self, if you were here last week, with her heart and her soul and her mind and her strength, all of her all untone bayon, everything inside of her, she dropped into the temple treasury. She, it was an act of worship for her, an act of worship. when she looked at her life and her life situation, she must have seen a great deal of abundance. Not scarcity, but abundance. Which is why I say this is a text about money. And also it's a text that's not about money. Except that it is about money, but it's not entirely about money she put her whole life, including her money, into that treasury, her olonton Ton Bayon. If we want to give our entire selves to God, your money is a great place to start. Some of us find a way um, to convince ourselves that if we are giving our money, then we are giving everything, and that That also doesn't work. It's trickier than that. But our money is a good place to start because Jesus tells us that that so closely to the way that we spend our money is the way that we spend our hearts. He says, where our treasure is, our heart is also. So for some of us, if we want to begin to think about how do we give our entire selves to God, a great place to start is to say, well, what kind of money are we putting into the temple treasury? Is it just loose change? Or is this a priority? But again, the question is, what are you doing with everything you have? It seems to me that the widow didn't consider anything that she owned to be her own. The... the uh, the teachers of the law in, in verses 38 to 40, they had the long robes, and they had the authority, and they had the education, and they had the influence, and they had the connection, and they had, they had all of these things. And none of those things are bad things. Those aren't bad things to have. In fact, those can be really good things to have. But the problem with having those things, at least for these teachers of the law, is that they were using those things for their own sake. It was their earthly capital, which they were leveraging for themselves to make themselves look good, to give themselves the thing that they wanted, for their careers, for their agendas, to make their lives comfortable. They were making their resources work for themselves. But this widow, all she possessed belonged to God. And so as a result, all of God Belonged to her. Talk about abundance. All she possessed. Belonged to God. And all of God. Belonged to her. Not that like. She could put him in her pocket. Not that she had control over God. Or that she could cash him in. When market value went up. Right? Right? But every day in her life, when it came to her money and when it came to her time and her empathy and her forgiveness and her love and her, and her patience, she was drawing from a different account. She wasn't drawing for her, from her own tiny little account with her earthly resources that she had to leverage for her own purposes. She was drawing from a different account. She was drawing from God's account because all of God belonged to her. She was drawing from his account. And if all we have is God, and God is all we have, if God is for us, who can be against us? If we have God, friends, then what on earth do we lack? I'll wait. I realize that, okay, my sermon's kind of over now, Okay, but I realize that I'm leaving you with like no practical application. <laughs> and I know that for a good chunk of you, you're like, well, now tell me what to do. Okay, this is, this is very philosophical and it's, it's kind of up here. Well, it's also very much in here, but I'm, I'm leaving you with a lot to wrestle with because I think that's what the text leaves us with. Just... A lot to wrestle with. I feel like in my, like, 14-ish years of ministry to this point, I've given sermons that have said, you should give 10% of your income to the church. I've also preached sermons that have said, kind of like this one, you should give 100% of your income to the church. I've also preached sermons where I've said, you know what, God doesn't even need your money. And all three of those things are true. They're all true. And the way that that works itself out for each one of us is going to be different. But I do know that the way that the widow lived her life was remarkably different than the way that the teachers of the law did. So what are we supposed to do with the teaching today? I think we're supposed to wrestle with it. Whether you have a little or whether you have a lot, what are you going to do with everything you have? It's a matter of worship. It's about, it's about the whole farm. It's about Abundance over scarcity. What are you going to do with everything you have? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the beauty and the example of this wonderful woman who you have put in our lives through this text. Oh, we wish we knew so much more about her. We treasure her example for us. And we pray that the love and the grace and the sense of abundance that was coursing through her life would also course through ours. We thank you for everything that we have in you. We pray that we would so freely give everything we have to you so that we would so freely be able to draw from everything that you have for us. All we have is yours, Lord. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.